Psalms 119. Verse 49, the Bible says, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have, made, have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. I remember thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Thy statutes have I have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. We've been looking several weeks at Psalms one nineteen, and what a great uh, uh, chapter it is in the in the Psalms. It, it speaks mostly about the Word of God, the greatness of the Word, and what the for you and you think about the bible and i've quote this or partial of it sometimes psalms 138 verse 2 he said i the psalmist said i will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name so the word of god is important to us i mean it's the probably the most important thing uh, other than the holy spirit and the fact of knowing that we're saved and we find out that and we get saved by believing what the bible says about salvation what jesus has done so the word of god is important i mean uh, the effect of god's word upon the life of the believer and the society is very positive and God's word brings comfort in times of trouble and desperation in our lives. The psalmist here pleads in prayer for that mercy and grace which he hoped for, according to the word by which his request was were guided, that God had given him the promise on which he hoped. And I want to look at these uh, at three things here from this passage this evening, uh, real quick. And I won't keep you long tonight. I promise you, but. Uh, I don't look at just a thought, learning to cope through hope. Learning to cope through hope. And the psalmist said there, the first thing he mentioned there was the comfort from the Word. Verses 49, 50, and 52. And I'm glad that we can find comfort in the Word of God. A lot of times when we're going through troubles, the psalmist realized that in his life, the problems that he had. And uh, I, I believe that this, this psalm is, a, uh, is attributed to David... Uh, one of the Psalms of David, if I've studied right, and uh, it don't have no heading of who wrote it, but whoever it was, the psalmist here, uh, he realized that there was comfort, for, comfort from the Word. And I'm glad we can get comfort from the Word this evening. When, uh, when the pressures of life and the things come our way and uh, we don't know which way to turn, I'm glad there's an answer in this Bible. I mean, this Bible is filled with answers to life's uh, situations and whatever might be coming to us and into our life. And he said there in verse 49, he said, Remember the word unto thy whole servant. Not that the Lord had forgot, but he said, Remember the word. Give me something from your word. Uh, let, me, uh, let me get a hold of something that can help me and that can fit my situation. He said, Upon 
which thou hast caused me to hope. I tell you, this world is looking for something this evening. And, and outside the Word of God and the promises that God has given you and I, hey, this world don't have much hope. But I'm glad that the child of God that's saved, that's trusted Christ as their Savior. Hey, I'm glad that there's a hope that this world knows not of. Hey, a hope that we can turn to and, and a hope that we can look at uh, through the Word of God. And there's nothing that brings a person comfort like the Word of God. A lot of times you might be feeling bad and just get o- get a hold of the Bible, just open up and begin reading uh, some Psalms and or some Proverbs or whatever. And there's so much instruction in just the Psalms. If all we had was the Psalms and Proverbs, hey, a person is saved, the Holy Ghost living in them, hey, we can make it through this life. We could make it through this life. Proverbs 29 verse 1 said, He that being often reproved and hardened his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. And I'm glad that we can find that out in the Word of God. Hey, that we can uh, allow the Bible and God and the Holy Spirit hey, to tenderize our heart and get us to that point where we can be receptive of the Word of God. Until you get receptive to the to the Bible, hey, and to the things of God in the Scripture, hey, you're not going to live for Him. You're not going to uh, be obedient. You're not going to be happy uh, if you're saved and you're truly saved. If you're living your life in opposition of the Word of God, I promise you, this Bible <coughs> has the uh, is has a positive effect on your life if you'll allow it to. If you'll get in it and study it and read it. Hey, it's a great thing when we discover the truth of the Word of God and what God says uh, for us in our lives. And I'm glad that we can find hope and comfort in the Bible. And, and when there's no comfort in anything else that we can find, no other person, hey, I'm glad that we can find comfort and help uh, from the Word of God. So we see the comfort here from the uh, the Word, verses 49 to 50 there. And uh, we see, first of all, in uh, uh, and, and the comfort, Comfort from the word, we see the petition for comfort. The petition for comfort there in verse 49. He said, Remember the word unto the ser- thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Hey, the psalmist here prays for God to bring to mind Scripture that would give him comfort. And a lot of times that's why it's important to, to memorize Scripture. If you've not never started memorizing Scripture, you need to put some word, uh, of the Word of God in your heart. The Bible said, uh, the psalmist said there in verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word? And then he skips on down. Verse 11 said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hey, this a Bible will keep you from sin. I mean, if you'll memorize some Scripture and when opposition and problems and temptations come your way, I promise you when we're close to God, uh, He can bring some of those Scriptures that we've stored in our mind. It's like a computer. Our mind is that when we uh, think of something and if we're sincere and we really want an answer, I believe when we put a Scripture in our heart and in our mind, then it'll come to memory. Uh 
Peter there, he said, But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ready always to give an answer to every man which asketh the reason of the hope that is in you with, with fear, meekness and fear. Hey, if we'll memorize, if we'll hide the Word of God in our heart, when it's time for it and we need it, I'm glad God will bring it to remember us for. Whatever the situation might be, whatever problem might arise. Hey, God can't bring to mind hey, what's not in our mind. If you don't have it stored there, and and even, I tell you what's really ironic is you get to uh, hearing people preach, and you'd be surprised. If you read your Bible on a regular basis, hey, you'd be surprised what will come to your mind as you listen to people, uh, preachers, expound upon the Word of God. There again he said in verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin, uh, sin against thee. And if you've been diligent in putting the word in your heart uh, on uh, uh, pretty days, you won't, you'll find that it'll come to your mind to help you when the stormy times come in your life and the troubles uh, come in your life. Notice not only the petition for comfort, but also we see the power to comfort. The power to comfort. There in verse 50, he said, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Notice two things here which are stated in this, in this passage which enlighten us to the power of the word of God to comfort us. First of all, we see the moment of comfort. He said, in my affliction. I looked at that word this morning, affliction. It's a cause of persistence, a great suffering, the state of being afflicted by something that causes suffering. And you know, a lot of times we're afflicted by different things, it, not necessarily by sickness and problems, but uh, a lot of times we're afflicted by the people we come into contact with. Hey, there's afflictions that come in our lives, and I'm glad, hey, that the Word of God has the power to comfort uh, in the time of burdens and not just in the times of blessing. I'm glad that we can enjoy the Word of God when the blessings are flowing. Hey, but when the burdens of life come, I'm glad that even when we think about Miss Ruby mentions her, her grandchildren and, and children that are lost, I'm glad that we can find comfort in knowing, hey, that if we get honest with God and if they'll, uh, if we get to praying for them that the Bible tells us that God is long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. Hey, they don't, none of us have loved ones that are lost that God can't save. Hey, that God don't want to save. I mean, He wants to save all of our, our, our loved ones. And, and the moment of comfort in my affliction, whatever might be coming uh, your way, I'm glad, hey, that we can find some comfort in the Word of God. Not only the moment of comfort in my affliction, but the might for comfort. Thy Word hath quickened me. Hey, the Word of God will inspire you, and it will give you great comfort to, the, to, the, to those that are being tested and tried uh, as they go through life. And it takes real power, I believe, to quicken an individual when they're in a place of discouragement and despair. Hey, we've all been in those places. David, we find on several occasions in the Word of God that when David was running from Saul, uh, that he got to the point in place he was in despair he didn't know which way to turn hey he was discouraged about uh what was taking place in the in his life and you know what the bible said 
the Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, there's sometimes that you're going to have to encourage yourself. Hey, when when uh, uh, things come your way and the problems are piling up, you don't know which way to turn, and you're just in desperation, a lot of times you can get in the Word of God and you can encourage yourself in the Lord. Hey, that's the only place you can find encouragement today. I mean, this world don't give no encouragement as we look around and we see all the things that's taking place uh, around us and uh, we see the news and the discouragement and uh, we see the politics, what's going on and uh, what's taking place. And there just ain't no comfort in this world system. There's no comfort in the news. And I found out most of the time when you get to looking at the news, you see the problems that's going on. Hey, you're seeing what this world is embracing Hey, there's no comfort there whatsoever. Hey, you're going to have to get in the Word of God, and you're going to have to uh, find out what God is saying about what's taking place. And we know what's going to happen. We know that we're we're going to be the winners in the end. I mean, this thing is just shaping up for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back, and we look and we see all these things. Uh, that's happening around us and we wonder uh, sometimes why God don't just go ahead and do it, uh, do something and take care of it, but He's going to. I mean, God has got a plan. He's got a time frame. And one of these days when we find out that, uh, that exactly what God has said is going to take place through the Word of God. Hey, we can find comfort in knowing that Jesus is coming. That Jesus is coming and it, uh, there's nothing in this Bible that has to be fulfilled. First uh, Thessalonians uh, is, is a very, uh, has a lot of comfort to the believer there in chapter 4. Chapter 4. Uh, Paul, he's writing to these Thessalonians that uh, think that because uh, uh, that Jesus may have already come, and he says there in verse 13, he said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even on even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of, of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I mean, there's comfort in knowing that Jesus is coming. Just as these Thessalonians needed the comfort of knowing, hey, that their uh, their loved ones that had already gone on wasn't hadn't going to miss the uh, rapture of the church, and and it's just a comfort to know that Jesus is coming. He said over there in Titus, said looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave Himself uh, for. And he's coming one of these days. The scoffers of this world, hey, they may say that things are continuing on, and and uh, but I'm glad that you and I can uh, find comfort in the Word of God for whatever situation uh, that there's power in this uh, Bible uh, to give us that which we stand in need of. So we see the might of comfort. Thy word hath quickened me; it's made me alive. 
Hey, we know and find out through the Word of God that we're saved and for how long we're saved, that we're kept by the uh, eternal power of God. And He's promised salvation to all those that will trust Him and believe upon Him and receive Him as their Lord and Savior. Hey, but I'm glad that God's Word is able to quicken uh, all those that need quickening, those that are lost without God, those that are needs a little quickening even after we get saved. Hey, that we need to be brought to that place where we need to be. I'm glad, hey, this Bible can stir our hearts, it can stir our souls, and uh, give us that comfort that we stand in need of. Not only we see uh, the comfort from the Word, but notice secondly, the convincing from the wicked. There in verses 51 to 53. He said, The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. Verse 53 said, Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Hey, the word of God brings conviction and it convinces those that hear it. And the more an individual, I believe, gets into the uh, the Bible, the more the individual gains convictions about the matters of life. And he said there, the proud have had me greatly in derision, yet I have not declined from thy law. You know, there's no place to quit. Hey, there's no place to give up. There's no place to throw in the towel. Hey, we see a lot of people today, hey, that don't have any conviction. We see a lot of people that say, hey, they don't have no kind of convictions whatsoever in their life. And I'm going to tell you, hey, we need to get a hold and, and get some convictions about some things uh, that this Bible uh, stands for and that this uh, Bible uh, gives us and and and. and that we can relate to in our lives. And even though hey, we look around and we see uh, those that are forsaking, hey, it can give us the encouragement to go on and continue with the Lord Jesus. We see the convincing from the wicked. We see, number one, we see scorning for, for convictions there in verse 51. He said, The proud have had, have had me in great derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. Uh, good convictions will always be despised by some people. Hey, good convictions, Bible convictions will always be despised uh, by some people. I mean, it'll be, their good convictions are despised by church people. A lot of times those that are carnal, those that wants to walk after the flesh, those that wants to live their life the way that they want to, hey, they'll scorn you for biblical convictions. The biblical conviction of holiness and what God expects from you and I uh, as believers. We see scorning for the com- for conviction. We see the sureness of scorning. Hey, it ain't no surprise for the Bible tells us that in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 27 said an unjust man is an abomination to the to the just, and he that is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. So we see the sureness of scorning. It's coming. I mean, and you, you've seen it in the last few years, the scorning of, of Christianity, uh, of trying to stand for what's right, even in what we call the big things. You know, this, this transgender movement and this homosexuality that's being promoted and pushed upon uh, God's people and upon uh, normal people, not just even Christians, but the uh, moral majority of this world that stands for one man and one woman and stands for that kind of conviction, hey, they're scorning and it's coming and it's already come to us. 
the sureness of scorning. Hey, we see the source of scorning is the proud. Those attacking the psalmist here were not men of character, but men of pride. And we see that today. People are proud of their stand against holiness and against the Bible and against the things of God. Hey, promoting all these uh, men, uh, transgender men in women's sports. And, and it's a pride thing. It's a pride thing that they're uh, condoning those kinds of things. The source of scorning. We see the strength of scorning. He said, greatly in derision. Those who scorn a righteousness can in fact become very vicious a lot of times. And we see it now. I mean, they're, it's getting to the point, hey, they're, it's getting dangerous. It's getting dangerous. If you stand for what's right, if you stand hey, for what this Bible teaches uh, in here about these, uh, this kind of wickedness, hey, it's getting dangerous. And, and, and there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that's going on against the things of God. Not only we see a scorning for convictions, but we see the steadfastness of convictions there in verse 51. The proud have had me in great derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. Thank God for some people that won't decline, that won't leave the things of God, that won't turn their back on the things of God. And we all know of a lot of people that used to stand for something, yet uh, they've, uh, they've uh, fell from their steadfastness. We know people that used to uh, stand for uh, for the Word of God and for the King James Bible and for old-time religion, and they've completely walked away from it. They used to stand for the family, and yet uh, they've left their own family. They've divorced, and, and sin has gotten in their lives. The steadfastness of convictions. Thank God for some people hey, that are in steadfast in their walk with God. Thank God that the psalmist here, uh, he, was, uh, uh, he, he was thankful that he hadn't declined away from the law of God. It's not popular. It's not popular anymore to, to uh, live according to the Word of God. If you uh, try to uh, walk a different walk and talk a different talk, hey, you're going to be scorned and thank God for some people that are steadfast. Thank God for some churches that are still standing today across this land. For what's right, and and and, and it's going to get a uh, slim probably before we get out of here. The steadfastness of conviction, convictions that are founded on the Word of God, uh, will be strong uh, convictions and can survive great persecutions. I'm glad if they're biblical convictions and you're saved and you're you've got convictions uh, for the right reason. Hey, I'm glad that they can survive that kind of persecution. That kind of scorning. I hope that our convictions this evening that we have about some things uh, that are uh, that are they're founded upon the Word of God, and I I believe that if we've got those right kind of convictions, Brother Todd, hey, we can stand against the scorners of this world, and we can stand against those that are are down talking and downplaying uh, the importance of the Word of God. Notice not only the scorning uh, and the steadfastness for convictions, but the stirring of convictions there in 53. He said, Horror hath taken upon, taken hold upon me because of the, of the wicked that forsake thy law. I believe when one has strong convictions uh, which have been inspired by the word of God, uh, it'll, it'll cause you to get upset with wickedness. 
I mean, this this wickedness is going on today. And I listen to people talk a lot of times, and I hear people every once in a while, hey, they're stirred about all this. They're stirred about all this promoting of ungodliness and this worldliness and the, uh, this transgender things that's going on. We're not trying, they're not trying to condone it. They're tr- not trying to make it okay. Hey, but they're concerned about it. And, and they get upset with this wickedness. Hey, we ought to get stirred with what's going on around us that our kids are having to see. And, 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 and the things that's going on on the television. You know, you see things a lot of times that, uh, I've said it a lot of times, they're trying to desensitize you. And what's going to happen uh, when we were... When I was in school, and I'm trying to say this carefully, but when I was in school, I remember things that began to happen. And it began, it used to be wrong. But now today it's accepted. Uh, the homogenization of the races, just for instance. You know, uh, it used to be wrong. But today it's accepted. Now, the homosexuality agenda, they used to try to keep boys and girls away from each other and keep them from getting in trouble, but now they're promoting boys with boys and girls with girls. I mean, we've been desensitized down through the time, and the devil has destroyed our spirituality and our hatred of wickedness and things that's going on. And it's accepted. What I speak to say, Mason, he'll grow up and he'll around all this stuff. And if something is not put in him, and even the best that we can do in telling him that he's wrong, hey, when he gets on up and bigger, he's going to make up his mind. He's going to see these things. He's going to accept it. And they're going to bond with these things. And it's going to be hard to deal with. And it's sad, but that's the way it is. Hey, when we're around things that's going on, it, we get we get desensitized to it. We get desensitized to it. And now we've got open borders. We've got uh, influctuation of people. I mean, I remember when there wasn't many, many foreigners in our county. They're going to call me a racist, I know. But I'm not a racist. I'm a biblical separatist. And we've allowed these things to come into our life and we don't, we don't, it don't upset us anymore. We've got used to it. We've just got used to it. I mean, you've watched violence long enough and you'll get desensitized to violence. The more violence you see, hey, the more you like a lot of times. And the more you accept things, you know. But the passive attitude of many in churches today in the society about wickedness that goes on and tells us that the people in church and society, hey, don't get into the Word of God enough to have any good kind of good convictions. Hey, anything goes anymore. Church is not uh, something that's special anymore. I mean, church is just like going anywhere other place now. Just about. We ought to have some convictions about church. We ought to have some personal convictions in our life about holiness and about living for God. Hey, we ought to have some personal convictions about all this stuff that's going on today, and it ought to upset us, and it ought to stir our hearts to no end about all the wickedness that's going around. 
toleration uh, may be politically correct, but a lack of conviction behind most toleration and most often is not biblical correct. It's not biblically correct. So we've looked at and considered the comfort from the word and the convincing from the wicked, but lastly we see the consequences of the wise. The consequences of the wise there in verses 54 to 56. He said, Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and have kept thy law. This I had because I I kept thy precepts. We see, number one, the consequences of music there in verse 55. Hey, what is it that becomes songs in our lives? What kind of songs do we like? What kind of songs do we listen to? Are they based on the statutes of God's Word? Hey, are we embracing this new uh, religious music music that's going on today? If we're not careful, we'll get to liking that. I mean, some of it sounds pretty good, and some of, it, uh, some of it's got some meaning, I guess, into some of it. But we have to be careful what kind of even music we listen to. The worldly choral music that gets in your mind that uh, talks about uh, the different things of this world, hey, it'll, it'll get your mind wrong. It'll get your mind wrong. The consequences of music. And people don't realize that. Hey, but music has a bearing on what you are. Some kinds of music that some of this uh, classical music even uh, that you can just hear the music. Hey, it's soothing to the soul. But you get that old rock roll music, that country music that's got that uh, slang to it. And then you incorporate that in and uh, gospel music and different things. Hey, no wonder we're in such a spiritual mess. People don't know what's right anymore. They think it's okay to listen to all this stuff. And it trashes your mind because uh, usually if you're listening to country music, it's probably talking about something getting drunk. It's probably talking about a pickup truck. It's probably talking about being with somebody else's wife. And the rock music's talking about the drugs and the things of this world. And, uh, and the religious world, they've tried to incorporate that music uh, with a few words about God and, and, and different things, and people don't even know what they're listening to. Debbie, one time, they, uh, one of the nurses at the, at the uh, hospital, she, said, she told them, she said, uh, I think it's what it went, she turned the radio on a Christian station. She said, they didn't even know it was Christian music. Something to that effect. Well, that's pretty bad. If you can't tell it's Christian music, you probably ought not be listening to it. Because I'm going to tell you, hey, music will have a bearing on your soul. It'll have a bearing on your life. So we see the consequences of music. We see the consequences, number two, the consequences of the mind there in verse 55. Hey, the mind is in view uh, here and what is in the mind at night. The world thinks of evil at night. Hey, it's often at night that evil things are pursued. And I wonder this evening, what is in our mind at night affects the culture of our day that's around us as we go through uh, each day. The character of the mind at night will vastly improve if it meditates on the Word of God. During the night when it gets dark, what are you thinking about? What's in your mind from the day uh, that you've already seen? What is those things that you put in 
your mind. Hey, the battle, I've said this a lot of times, hey, the battle is in the mind. If you can keep your mind clean, and your heart, you can keep your heart clean. Because the mind is synonymous with the heart. And the heart is synonymous with the mind. Notice not only the consequences of music in the mind, but also the consequences of manners. The consequences of our manners. Verse 55 and 56. He said, I remember thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. I believe if you abide in, if you abide by the law and the precepts of the Word of God this evening, hey, you'll have much better manners. This world has got a steady diet of wickedness today. Wicked music, wicked television, wicked environment that we're around. It's getting summertime. It's going to get wicked. It's going to get wicked. It's going to. Uh, it's gonna. Men's gonna have to uh, get a hold of their mind. They're gonna have to put blinders on their eyes. The consequences of man- manners. We find out what the Bible says about uh, about these things and put that in our heart and in our mind. When we got that right kind of relationship uh, with God, it'll help us to know how to cope with this situation, this world that we're living in. The Word of God inspires uh, us to live holy and to have holy manners and to have a holy conduct. What's the matter with this world? It's, it's what they're feeding on. It's what they're feeding on. Hey, why we're seeing so many killings and so many murders is because of so much violence on the television. The things that's going on at night that people are sitting around. Hey, they're staying up late night watching television and watching all this stuff. And that stuff gets in some of these young people's minds. Then we hear of a shooting somewhere. They're watching all these, playing all these violent video games. And, and, and they just get desensitized to things that they're confronted with. We don't have much manners anymore. People are hateful. People... People ride around in a community with uh, a welded something on a trailer, Todd, with a vulgar word. Hey, they ain't got very good manners. That's not that's not befitting for lost people to have to look at a little long for little boys and little girls and, and and our wives that see these things going down the road. They're flaunting all these things, but I'm glad that they're the the Bible. The Bible tells us how to live. The Bible tells us uh, how to cope uh, through the hope that the Bible gives us in our hearts. That's why it's important. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible through. Hey, read through all those old names that are hard to read through. That you don't want to look at. That you don't want to try to pronounce. Some of them are hard to pronounce. But I'm going to tell you, all the Word of God is important. And it'll teach us how to cope through hope that the Bible can give you in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you and thank you again.